Okay. I mean, you get, you, I'm going to hold yeah, you to I, that, Eric. I am holding that's you. That's totally fine. I'm, I'm writing it down right now. I'm writing it down right now. John's going to hold anything. it to me. I'm not writing down anything. I'm actually going to drink my beer again. But Yoda and a squad of clones go Red Dawn on Ventress. And we discover and destroy Grievous's devastating new weapon, Male Violence. Today we discuss Clone Wars episodes 1, 1, 1, 2, and 1, 3 on this edition of the 11 Parsecs Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 19 of the 11 Parsecs Podcast. My name is Eric, and I'm here with my good buddy John. Hello. And today we are reviewing what is technically the first four episodes of the Clone Wars, but chronologically they are the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th Clone Wars we've watched. So today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 1, Ambush, and then the... Uh, I'm going to butcher this word tonight. I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm going to butcher this word. It's malevolence. But yes. sometimes I just look at it and I think male violence. I don't know male why. Male violence. Know. I love I know. that. Oh, I know. my God. I, I love that so much. I know. Like, every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, male violence. And I'm like, no, it's malevolence. It's malevolence. Come on, Thompson. You got this. Come on. Now, now you right. have to say it that way. And I no, have to say I, it that way. No, we all I, say I'll, it that way. Oh, I will say it that way one time during this podcast for sure, just because the episode two, three, and four of season one all are about the malevolence. And uh, each of the different titles has to do with the malevolence and the ship. We'll get to that whenever we get in there. But uh, John was rushing me a second ago because uh, what did you say? Let there be liquid. I think you were like trying to get me yes, to indeed. get going on the please, podcast. Please. So let's let's get some liquid. Let's, as everyone knows that listens to the podcast, we like to crack open brand new beers every week. And John, what are you drinking tonight? All right. So tonight I'm going with Hop Wave Five, following Hop Wave Two from Prefor. Oh wait, did you go? Did you go specifically find this for the podcast? No, remember it was a mix pack from. Oh, that's the, right, that's right, that's right. The guy, the guy was, was super nice. Two, and Hopway five. Yes, yes. yes. So this is Hopway five, and uh, again from Equilibrium Brewery in Middletown, New York. I will take a close. picture. I will take a picture, but I am actually wearing an Equilibrium Brewing shirt, and the reason I am wearing an Equilibrium Brewing shirt is not because I've had their tasty beers. It's because I went onto their website to link it on the episode notes that we did for. Uh, you did this last podcast, I think, episode 18. You had one of their brews, or maybe it was 17. I forget 17, which. I think, yeah. Yeah, it was 17. But anyways, I went to go find the link so that we could post it in the show notes. And I saw their I saw their, their kits, and I was like, this is pretty cool. It was actually a neat design and everything. Such so when I ordered one. So I'm literally wearing one right now. Okay, so you did exchange money for this good and service, and you were not granted this by the brewery. No, 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 no. Uh, yes. And to be... To be completely honest with everybody, I don't think I've had one of their brews either. I just really like the shirt. I thought you, the shirt you must cool. like the shirt to have the shirt of a brewery. It is. It's, it's, it's having like not had any of their product. Yeah, it's this kind. Of, well, I trusted your opinion. You told me it was delicious. You've it enjoyed, was. I guess, the two that you've had. the uh, The shirt also has this like cool science beaker kind of thing going on. I thought it was a really cool design. And yeah, so I ordered it. It's pretty nice. Very cool. And I honestly, and I honestly just put it on because I got out of the shower and didn't even think that you know you would have another brew from them. You, you really need to track this. Down this would turn into a whole minute advertisement for the company. <laughs> but yeah, you need to track them down so that you can enjoy the thing that you you know have a shirt for. Yes, I do. I, I t- totally agree with that. And then, so I, I'm drinking an old reliable tonight. It's the Bell's Two Hearted, kind of stag, Michigan. I mean, it's you know Bell's Brewery. It's it's so good. It's and I don't know. It's very it's it's very prevalent beer down here in Atlanta. Yeah, which is weird. And I would assume. I would assume. Yeah, I would assume it's a national brand, and they may be like an InBev thing where they're shipping all over the place now. But this beer is delicious. It's like basement for us. I mean, at least for me, Scoffall Basement is the basement that I'm talking about. They're just two like kind of good, reliable. Kind of, oh, can, kind of can, bigger. Yeah, can, cannot go wrong. 
with a kind of bigger kind of bigger IPAs. So yeah. are you ready to pop the top? Yes, please. I have an actual bottle tonight, so I gotta get the opener. A three, a two, a one. And I did get a nice frosted glass for this guy. Very good. Oh, and it looks like my my underwear matches, which is kind of neat. I did not even plan that either. For those of you so, joining uh, the podcast late, <laughs> so my underwear being my frosted glass is actually Bill's two hundred glass. I don't even know where I got this glass. Honestly. It just happened to be <laughs> one that I grabbed out of the freezer. All right, gotta try it. Yeah. That is oh, that's so good. That's so good. Still delicious. Good job at Equilibrium. Apparently, you make good beer as well as good T-shirts. Yeah, very good quality too. It's a very comfy shirt. It's like I feel like this is like maybe many like sitting on the couch before I go to bed shirt. All right, anyways. feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. <laughs> it feels like my underwear matches. All right, all right. These are the these are the these are the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth episodes of the Clone Wars we've watched. Whenever we were looking at the titles last week to decide how many to watch for this podcast, the male violence kind of was in the title of the last three. And I think it definitely shows. I think that the first episode that we'll talk about is season one, episode one. This is the first one that aired back in October 3rd, 2008. And this is the first ones that aired on the TV after the movie had come out. And, of course, some of the ones that we've talked about in the previous podcast happened chronologically before. So, you know, we've already watched those guys. But the first night on that October 3rd, both episode one and episode two came out. And I, I, I personally feel like episode one is its own kind of standing story, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. So I wonder if they like were like, hey, that's a great little you know, teaser to get people in the universe, but I want to start this bigger arc. So that's where they're going to show the, the season two, episode two, Rising Malevolence. That does make sense. Did they follow it with uh, three and four as a doubleheader? No, they actually didn't. They did uh, okay. the next week, they did three, and then the next week, they did four. But I, I think that was planned that way. Like, I think that number one was to get you kind of into the mind space Introduce of, you. yeah, yeah, to, to, to the art. Well, not to the art if you watch the movie, but no. to the to the, the style of the show that they're going to do. And then also to introduce you to the fact that you'll see characters you know, like Yoda. And then you will see other characters like Ventress, who you kind of know. You know what I mean? Like, it, it felt like one of those kind of like just jumping into the show, getting a good 30 minutes out of it. And getting the viewer to be like, you know, that was pretty good. I want to watch the next one kind of thing. But yeah, season one, episode one ambush was definitely, definitely the, the loner of these four episodes. It starts out with, it's, well, it's kind of like a hunter and hunted episode, I'd say. Like, I don't know if that's a, a trope, a cliche, a trope. Yeah. But, but basically we're back to the, we're back to the Wattos. We're on, I can't remember whether it's Jedidora or Tordaria, but we're toy, on toy, a, Tordaria. What was it? Tordaria? Yep. I, I, for, for some reason, I felt like they said Jedidora, but okay. I'm yeah. a Tordarian. So uh, Tordaria, they're on Tordaria. Yoda, Yoda. Well, they're they're actually going to the planet to go meet with the king of the Tordarians, and the ship, you know, runs aground or whatever, or not runs aground, runs aground. The ship, the ship gets shot at by a defense set up by the Separatists, and they Yoda's get like, ambushed. no, they get yeah. totally ambushed. Yeah, too. Uh, great, great title key in there, John. So uh, yeah, they get ambushed, which is what <laughs> I should said or, originally. Yeah. And Yoda says, no, I'm going to take a couple of troopers down there. We're still going to meet with this king because this is very important. You know, we need to go meet with him. We need to show him that, hey, we're not afraid of, of the Separatist movement or anything like that. They head down there, and basically Ventress is already there and talking to the king. And she says, I'll bring them back, you know, within, I think it was like six or seven hours or something like that. And uh, Yoda's like, all right, game on, let's go. And uh, it's a good episode. It's a good back and forth episode. I liked it. Better episode than I thought it was going to be in the opening uh, minutes. I really thought that, you know, here's Yoda with a bunch of red shirts. Gee, what's going to happen? Uh, they're going to get picked off and he's going to make it and whatever. But that's not what happened at all. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a good it's a it's a good little fight. I mean, I guess you could call it like well, a little cat and mouse. Yeah, the underdog. Well, there's, um, a little, there's a little red dawn element in there. Like it's a little bit of right red scrappiness. dawn. That's, a, that's perfect. That's what it is. Yeah, there's a little bit of a scrappiness with the with the the is it? I think it's three clone troopers that he lands with. Yep. Jack, Reese, and I forget the other one. Slicky. Um, I have no idea what his name. Slicky. Yes, yeah, sounds like Slicky. And uh, so all three of them, one of them gets injured, but they're it's it's a no man leave behind. Like and I like Yoda being kind of that. I mean he he felt like a general there like he was like no no we're not leaving anybody behind and uh he creates these yoda diversions and then toward the middle of this of the episode though he really wrecks that robot army like he he like flies underneath the you know the huge tanks and starts laser sorting the bottom of them and i mean he he really causes chaos just so that his men can kind of get back and get positioned and then you know in the end it's i mean spoiler alert yoda lives and yep. so is all three of his men, and he gets everybody back, and he proves to uh, the Tordarian king that, hey, guess what? We're better. And the Tordarian king's like, one Jedi is worth a hundred droids. And it's kind of like, yeah, we know, but now you know. And he ends up joining the uh, Yeah, the, he goes straight cause. to yes, yeah, straight to the um, no negotiations necessary. Let's just join up because you guys are awesome, which is kind of a no-brainer at that point, right? Uh, one, yeah, and he knows dude. that Yoda's... Yoda's there to protect him against Ventress. I mean, you know, he's no, he knows Ventress, if he if he doesn't decide this, you know, in front of Ventress, he's going to probably kill the guy. Well, not so, not um, only that, but it it's painfully obvious. There, the bad guys never make it very subtle. It's really clear that these guys are evil, and they're going to stab you in the back the first chance they get. Oh, totally, and and, and also why the would fact you that choose them? Why would you side with them unless you? She's had no standing right there next to you. I mean, it's like she's telling you, "I'm going to kill you unless you go this way." So he's got to wait for Yoda. I mean, that's the only way he's gonna he's gonna make it out, in my opinion. And she shows that when she kind of crashes down the boulders. So, all right, so stuff. you're asked, you're making me ask this question: Why doesn't she force his hand right there? Why play the little game of? I'll go get Yoda, and that will prove that I'm better. I think there's hubris. I think she honestly thinks that, that her droids could somehow take so, care of Yoda. Yet again, we have an it. arrogant, not Jedi, but arrogant first Force user. Right? Yeah, That's what yeah, you're I'd saying. So. Yeah, I'd say so. And, and maybe she knows that Tyrannus doesn't want her to come back if he handed too. She's got to get this. You know what I mean? So she's going to make it try to look as fair as possible in case he goes talking to other places that they need to recruit also. I just... I tell you, the, these something about using being able to wield the Force just makes you relentlessly arrogant apparently you know what you, you know the one thing that the one quote that i always hate i hate sand i hate sand that's that's a pretty good one but the the absolute power quote corrupts absolutely like i yeah. just can't stand that quote why but it fits it fits a little bit here it's true because i know because i think you can have people that are powerful that also are good people at heart i really do i think you can yeah, Don't but, get me but wrong. Mind, I'm not saying in the context of this story we're going to see that all that often. Mind mind the quote. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, if but there are had, people that get a little corrupted, but don't go the But full, that's not absolute you know, power. You're you're not adhering to the quote. Absolute power. Absolutely. I guess I guess whatever your definition Unlimited that, power. <laughs> I'm just saying whenever Yoda lands on that planet, he has absolute power. He's the most powerful being on that planet. Right? No. There's no way he's not. There's no way he's, he's not going John. to. He, just because he has more power than anybody else does not make him. This is such a semantic academic. It is. It, you, he started, have ab- you started it with the, with the. He doesn't have absolute power. Okay. Okay. So so pretty much it's it's a he has superior you, power. You've never read Dragonlance, but like there's a there's a character named Raslin in, in Dragonlance that he kills pretty much everyone. It's spoiler alert for Dragonlance. <laughs> but but basically basically he, he kills everyone just because he wants to be the most powerful being. In the universe, is he, he a kills dragon? gods. He kills. He, he kills. No, he's a he's a, a human mage, but he kills everything. Like he just kills everything. 
just to be the most powerful person. And, and is this the protagonist or the antagonist of the story? Uh, it's a mix when you well, it depends mm. on the story. It depends okay. on the story. Okay. But but yeah, so it's it's an it's an interesting play. But that's the only definition that I can think of of any stories I've read of an absolute power. Maybe the nothing. I mean, is that do we have to go back to never ending story? Never ending story. Yeah, like I can't think of any other being that wants to destroy everything. And I mean everything. I'm not talking like just this planet. I'm talking everything. I mean, Thanos even was kind the of dark like, elves. I'm only at 50%. And, uh, 50%. Dark elves from Thor 2. Uh, they, yeah. just, they just wanted to, to wipe out the universe. Yeah, that's I mean, true. But they, but they wanted, they wanted to stay there. It wasn't one person. It wasn't one entity. They wanted to stay there, but they wanted to wipe out the rest of the universe. Fair enough. So, so that's what I'm saying. It's like it's not one person. It's not one person that's trying to say, I'm going to destroy everything. None of those people, I want to point out, have absolute power. Yes, they don't succeed because, well, yeah, maybe Rasslin does, but other than that, I can't think of anybody else. Yeah. But that, but if we're going to get semantic with that quote, that's what I'm saying, is that it's very hard to achieve the absolute power. But yes, if that's the if that's the, the, the thing you're going to hold me to, then I agree with you. I agree with you. Yoda's so not the absolute power. speaking of the droid troopers, yeah. I, I know, I know, listen, I know I'm not the target audience for this show. I get it. I am a, a middle-aged are man. You, are you going to dog on the humor again? I can't freaking stand the the droid trooper guys i can't stand it it's so childish I, yeah it does it adds Juvenile. a little bit of like brevity to no the whole situation. i get it i get why yeah. it's there i totally understand but i'm free to say that i just can't stand it, it it's just stupid yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying I enjoy it, but I get it. Yeah, I totally get it. And, and of course, we are not the target audience. By no, 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 no. And I, fu- I fully embrace that. I, 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 but, I understand the reality. Also, give them the credit, though. It's not just something that's for the cartoon. I mean, it's also for in the movies that you get it. I mean, it's it's a consistency. Sure. Okay, yes. Jar Jar is also very consistent. Yeah, Actually, agreed. he's not. He totally changes in the later movies. But anyway... No, I just don't care for the droids, so that, that, that taints it a little bit. Here's another question I had. So... It always seems like when the when the Jedi and the clone troopers go out, it's like the clone troopers have never actually spent any time in the presence of a Jedi because they're always surprised by everything the Jedi does. As in, like, you don't think that they've heard of what Jedi can do? Or do you think yeah. that they're just amazed because they're soldiers no, that they, have been for however many they, years? They, they do not understand Jedi. Soldier. They, they've never, they don't understand Jedi. They've, they've I, maybe they've heard weird tales you know, crazy stories that can't be true. But every single t- time, it seems like they're just always amazed. What, what is he doing? I mean, he's a Jedi. Yeah, but they've got their doing. own style. I look at it like, oh, what's a good way to compare it to? Uh, this is going to, oh, well, no, the Unsullied from Game of Thrones. Like, they've only known their world. They've only known their world of fighting and everything. I mean, they don't know the outside world. They just know that they're going to be going to fight for someone at some point. And I think that that's kind of like what the clones are. But time and again, surely at some point during the war... I think, well, okay, so, so we're, we've only watched eight episodes of Clone Wars, and I think as this show goes on, we'll probably see more I'll familiarity stop seeing with the, their generals. The, the, the surprise of the clone troopers, that the Jedi can do crazy things? Yes, I think you will. Okay. I mean, you get, you, I'm going to hold yeah, you to that, Eric. I am holding that's, you. That's totally fine. I'm, I'm writing it down bridge. right now. I'm writing it down right now. John's going to hold it to me. I'm not writing down anything. I'm actually going to drink my beer again. But... Yeah, but I mean, I, th- I think it was a good episode. I mean, I, you know, it was no, it was a good episode for me. Mid pack for me. Yeah, out of the eight that we've watched, was a good one. Was bad. I like having the one episode arc. Personally, I like the just one having the kind episode, of a, is that possible to have a one episode arc? Well, the arc within the episode. It's a serial. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I think you can do that. Um, I'm going to say you can do that. 
Okay, sure, fair enough. Just a couple more things. I really enjoyed the halftime pep talk, right, in the cave. Yes, that was good. I agree with that. That was nice. That was nice. And and Yoda using the gun is like the crutch crutch thing. That was kind of cool. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, man, I'm a warrior, dude. I'm just going to pick up this half gun and start hobbling on it. But, But, see, you alluded to this earlier. It actually is cool to see uh, Yoda get underneath the tank and just cut a hole, right? Yeah, in, totally. In he can do tank. this. And, and, and you're, but, you're, always, you're always waiting for it, but he's but, always so wise and doesn't do anything. But, oh, don't bite me. Go ahead, but I will never, I'm sorry, I will never like Jumpy Yoda. That That is not who that character yeah, is supposed to be. I know. You, you explained this in, in our I episode did. two review. And I get to say it again. Jumpy Yoda I, bad. You know, yeah, I liked William's kind of remark on it that he feels that Yoda is so powerful with the force he can propel his body. So it's not a natural movement. It's just this little like small moving thing through the air. Which was very and, clever. Uh, I, I actually was amazed yeah, by that then and now. But my take on the on the character of Yoda, Yoda shouldn't be that guy. He shouldn't be bouncing around like a pinball. That's not eh, I'm just saying, that's not who he is. It bothers me. It's always gonna bother me. What if that was always what he was, John? He was always that. He just he just picks his time to show it. He plays he plays his hand whenever he needs to. Right. Which is, whenever which is, the whenever the plot needs him to, he's going to jump around like a pinball. Yeah. 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 Pinball wizard. <laughs> okay. All right, Tommy. Which we'll call him Tommy, Master Tommy. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, overall good episode. I mean, you know, I'd say if I'm doing the one to one hundred scale, eighty three, eighty four, it was, it was enjoyable. I liked it. I'm right there with you. I think low mid eighties. Yes, that, that's a good place. Oh, so we're we're agreeing on the same thing. That's yeah. good. That's the the skills are uh, the skills are balancing. All right, so let's talk about the next arc. And this is this is I'm really really happy that you suggested that we watch all three of these also because I, I really enjoyed watching them back to back because I was able to like piece together a lot more. Yep. So rising male violence was number one. Let's see here. Shadow of male violence was number two. And is it destroy male violence? You tell me, man. Destro- yeah, destroy male violence is number technically episode four of season one, but this would be the eighth one that we've watched. I'm going to quit saying male violence now because I know somebody's going to tune in like right as I say this and be like, "What is this guy male talking about?" Male violence. Yeah. So, so malevolence. First off and foremost, Plo Koon. I mean, you know, I, I love Kit Fisto, but Plo Koon is probably my like second favorite Jedi. Really. Like I just I I love the way he looks. I love the way he talks. I love his kind of like swagger. You know what ruins it for me? What? Okay, so have you seen Men in Black 3? I have not. <gasps> I, quit after, I quit after the first Men in Black. What? I, uh, I didn't feel that my my time investment. I'm not a, I'm not an Annie Will Smith I guy either. And don't I'm definitely, know who you definitely are. Not, definitely not an Annie TLJ. But, MIB uh, 2 was, was not great, but good. MIB 3 is awesome. And so I'm not, I've got I'm not to, kidding. I've, I've, got to, I've got to remember, is MIB 3 the one with Thor and Valkyrie, or is that... Four. Is there a fourth one? Uh, no, no, no. That's four. That's Men in Black International, which was terrible, so uh, bad, and that's the only one that that I've seen with my daughter, and it was just a terrible introduction. Oh, she, you ruined it! You ruined, ruined your it. chance of watching ruined. the other three. <laughs> it was so bad. It was stupid. Anyway, seriously, uh, you gotta love the original. I thought the original. You didn't like the original? No, no. I well, I did. I just didn't like it enough to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I can watch it. It's not. It doesn't seem like a bad movie. I to thought watch. it was. I, I thought it was quite good. Point. MIB three is probably probably the best of the entire series. Okay, let's wait. This is very rare for a third movie yes, in the trilogy. They to nailed be the best. It. They nailed um, 
Anyway, would this you, won't make you, any. Wait. Go ahead with your question. Yeah, yeah, I, I got, I got to ask. Just other third movies. What is there any other third movie in a trilogy that you feel was the best? And don't say Last Crusade. It's, it's up there. I, oh, how did you know I was going to say that? Yeah, because that's, that's, that's the first one that came to my. That's the first one that came to my mind. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. You know, maybe Nightmare on Elm Street three, Critters three, Trolls you're three. Na- are you? Are you? Your stop. Yeah, stop I'm just it. Naming things. Yeah, you um, ghoulies three. <laughs> yeah, you start just like like you're looking at a list of Godfather Part pro- Three. Obviously, well, maybe I don't know. I, I oh God, yeah. no. are you kidding me? It's an abomination. I haven't seen it. Haven't seen it so you got to stop saying you haven't seen movies. You got to go see some movies. I know. I need. I need to catch up. I totally agree. Definitely go see I mean, MOB three. It's I'm not, not like I've had a year of being at this, home to catch up on movies. This, this schedule it family movie night this weekend. Yeah, Godfather three. three. Yeah. I'm okay, Godfather deadly three. serious. It is so good. Okay, maybe I will. Now, now this is going to be the, the the age old question: Do I need to see Men in Black two before I see Men in Black? <laughs> I'm actually trying this to is like this opening. is like the, the the Tyler Perry movie. You uh. you won't have the the attachment to the characters that you you would have from watching one and two. And, yeah, and it doesn't take anything for me to be attached to Tommy Lee Jones. I mean, that's okay. That's not then hard. then you're free. You're clear. It is. It is so good. Anyway, this you, you are raving so hard about this yeah, yeah, yeah. movie that I, I'm I love amazed. It. It's a great movie. It, it sounds like this is uncovered gem. Okay, I didn't see it in the theater. I waited quite a while before I saw it, and then I was so impressed. Anyway, the villain in that movie is Plo Koon, and I can't get past it. Like not literally. Like you're just saying he what? looks like this. No, kind of really. Alien type the, creature. The, the villain in MIB three is a fictional Jedi character called Plo Koon. <laughs> I was like. Lucas, <laughs> no, the Can voice, we, the gravelly, the, that that kind gotcha, of processed gotcha. gravelly voice, the eye thingies. You'll you'll see it when you see MIB three, as you will. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, okay, I will, I, and, and I, I, can't I will, I will shake try to watch it soon. That, that that's the only thing that ruined the the character for me so far is I can't shake that. It's like that. I can't remember what the character's name is anyway. Uh, Kane or something. I don't know. But the it, bad guy, you mean the bad guy in MIB three, and he's seriously bad mofo so that's the only thing that other than that i get why you like the character yeah yeah and i haven't seen mib3 but but still i i, I think I, I remember liking plo Koon, like i think back in like episode two or three whenever i first saw it 20 years ago so yeah so plo Koon and kit fisto are these kind of like fringe jedi that i always really enjoyed i think the, okay so so to set this episode up and I need, i'm just gonna give like a small blurb about the episode basically there's this huge weapon that's been going around and destroying complete fleets all around the galaxy and the thing is, is that there's never anybody that escapes these fleets, so they don't know what it is. They just the, the Jedi just know that they're getting completely just trashed by what they think is one ship, but they don't know. So basically, the Trade Federation is just completely wiping out everybody, or Tyrannus really, are completely wipe, wiping out everybody and leaving no survivors. So since nobody knows anything what's going on, you know, a fleet will get attacked. And this is kind of cool, is that you have these like droids that go out and actually hunt through all the debris to make sure people are dead, it's which is really cool. a dark... That's not cool. Well, it's brutal. It's it is brutal. It, so it is brutal. savage. It, it is. It really is because because Grievous does not want anyone to know what this powerful weapon that they have is the Malevolence, which is the ship that is pretty much a I call it a mini Death Star. I mean, it's it's pretty much eh. just this huge burst of energy. Okay, huge it, burst of energy which yeah. disables the ships and then right. they just pummel them and destroy them. That, that's what, then, what I love about it. If I can real quick, that's what I love about this little mini arc is that the big secret weapon is the Ion Cannon. That we get to see eventually in Empire Strikes Back that disables Star Destroyers. Stand by, Ion Control. Fire. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's where the tech okay. comes from. Yeah. Okay. No. I get. Yeah. That's that's actually really good. I never thought of that. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Good call. Because they, you know, when they're fleeing Hoth, 
they say yep. stand by eye and control and this thing this massive gun i always <laughs> love that huge gun yeah you know, and it shoots just flies these things, just right star yeah. stories left and right you're like okay yeah. where's that been forever yeah no you're right i never thought of that i never made that connection that's really good yeah i'm gonna write that down in my notes but yeah so, so basically the the droids literally like fly around and just like crush people in ships and break stuff. windows and and, and they're and they're doing pods. john's favorite humor while they do it they're like oh, oh look God. at this guy like look at this ship there's uh, another one over there so but, this, uh, this but, is this is what bothers me about that whole thing yeah. that's horrifying that's absolutely horrifying yeah it but totally i is. have to contrast okay this is this is this is applies to the whole star wars thing this star wars takes place in space right yep okay yep. For for a society, so wait, it, yeah. Okay, I'll go with you. I mean, yeah. there's space a lot wars, of space yeah. involved in Star Wars. I'm joking. You can argue me on. Okay. No, I'm not gonna argue. Go ahead. For a society, they live in a society, Eric, that that deals with space a lot. They don't seem to actually deal with space a lot, and they don't know what they're doing. So you mean? So you mean to say they should have had like oxygen packs and stuff? Contrast on board. contrast Star Wars, which is opera, space opera, fantasy thing, yeah. with The Expanse. Okay. <laughs> That's why I love mm. The Expanse, because these people live and work in space, and you can tell. Yeah, I I agree with that. I totally, And I, I get where you're coming from, but they have The backups. Expanse, has, the, they the, have, the Expanse they have, is, is humanity in space, whereas this is a completely different thing. I, I mean, I, I get it. I think, let me say this. They're beings that breathe air. They have the same concerns we do. Okay, okay. I'm just saying, okay. right? If in the expanse, if someone cracked their window, they'd be able to handle that like six different ways. Yeah. Okay. In in Star Wars, you're dead. Yeah. Unless you're and and and, and they're very willing to risk themselves out in the coldness of space too, well, which that, this episode kind of showed too. But that that is my question: is okay. So everybody goes outside. Yep. How how are they breathing? I don't understand. I don't know. I mean, Rex and them are not Rex, but the the. The clones have a helmet on. I think at that point, magic helmet. Some part, okay. Well, maybe I don't know, John. Where's the maybe freaking air coming from? Yeah, I don't know. They have some. I don't know. Maybe they have like five minutes of air. Or something you, like that. you could say. You could say. Yeah, emergency helmet air, and uh, they're bred to require very little oxygen. I would totally buy that because that's fine. Uh, hey, John, they're, they're bred to, 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 <laughs> to but you didn't say that and so now i know I you're didn't. lying but the camino has the deep ocean so they can just jump off and like you know free dive until they get figured out you know but plo Koon, i mean he says though i think in, in the middle of the episode he says something to the point of like i'm gonna go out there and fight them off for a little while and then he's like you guys gotta get out here too you know what i mean like you know keep working on the radio or whatever the signal or whatever the interesting thing to me is that the connection between ahsoka and plo like i didn't realize that he was the jedi that brought her to the temple and I thought it was really neat that it shows her actually communicating, or I don't want to say communicating, but radaring him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she knows. She, she like she truly believes. And Anakin has to, for his credit, he has to, to his credit, he has to make a choice. You know, and and he decides to to stay on her side on this one. And I think that's going to play into the next episode. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but he uh, he decides to to stick with her and says, okay, I, I, I'm going to trust your instincts, and that's good. You know, and that's a that's a good teacher. I feel like that might be more than Obi-Wan kind of did with Anakin. You know what I mean? Is, is Anakin going to end up being a better teacher or a better master to his apprentice than, than Obi-Wan was to him? I you want me to jump to the end? Question. No, of course not. Well, I mean, not the end end, but you, you know what I mean. Oh, okay. And, and you got to remember. The, the children. His, well, <laughs> well, I mean, his paddle would actually makes it through if you really think about <laughs> Apparently, it. Apparently, she I does, mean, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, so you know, all right. Yeah, so so this episode was good. I think it was the good uh, good setup for the the story. I really like the malevolence being this like just dark, brooding, like 
you know, it's technically a character in my opinion. Like this character that, that nobody knows anything about, and you get that cool little frame of it sitting on the in the front of the moon, the red moon on the background and everything. And the art was really well done. I like I like this episode. I like this episode a lot. Okay, so I two, mean, two quick things. Go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Uh, no, no, I was I was going to ask for a score, but let's let's, let's talk let's talk about two this. quick what things. You, Number you, one, yeah. I love that with this ion thing, which which has a really limited fire not range, but but targeting. Range. Yeah, the circumference of the actual like ball that goes out yeah. is, and, is and so is, is really, everybody yeah. has to sign up for the Prometheus school of fleeing danger. Don't go up or down. Just <laughs> go, go straight, straight out. Well, wait, wait, wait. Well, that's kind of the thing, though, too, is that, like, what is straight in space? Like, you have to, like, like they immediately run directly from the ship. Directly from so, it. So, yeah. But, but hey, maybe in future episodes we'll learn some stuff. But, no, but no, they, it, exactly. It is dealt with in a future episode, and I love that. I love that they actually deal with that in a future episode. The other thing. And that's, and that, and that's a great thing, though, because Plo's the only one who knows about that. Like they, no, nobody knows what this thing fires. So you got to remember that, like, when this thing fires at your fleet, you have no, you don't know that you can go up. You don't know that you can go down. You're just trying to get away. You know, is what that I mean? so not like, really the th- first thing that comes to mind? Is hey, it shot a, a little circle at us. Maybe we go down. Let's go down. That thing was that thing was like ah, oh, what was the thing from uh, Star Trek Six? The Nexus. The Nexus. Yeah, it's just like this big flowy thing through space, except it's a circle. It's like a disc. It's like a plate coming at you. Yeah. Right through. It's an inner plate instead of a, a ribbon. Okay. Other than that, it's the same damn thing. One takes yeah. you to a fantasy land. The other, you know, disables your ship. <laughs> I sense sarcasm. <laughs> one, no. one disables your ship for, for instant death. Uh, <laughs> the other thing yeah, no. is, I, I, I don't, help me out. Or maybe you don't want to help me out. I don't understand Grievous. Gre- grie- grievous. Grievous. Yeah. I don't want to help you out. Okay. All right, so so no, I'm just kidding. What, what do you not understand about Grievous? Yeah, to me, he's always been the prototype Darth Vader. What? Except he's just got two extra arms. But I, okay, that raises many more questions than it answered. Mm-hmm. How is he the prototype Darth Vader? He he came. I believe after he w- Darth Vader in the creative process. You think he was designed to be like a prototype? Yes, I Could, think he was like the beginning stages of. Why is he the way he is? I don't. I don't know the backstory. I, I don't. Really, I don't, you don't, I don't know don't, the backstory. I don't know the backstory of General Grievous. I, I. I feel like the way that he's drawn, you see that kind of human tendrils around the eyes and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my guess is he was human at one point. Clear. Well, hum, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Organic. Sometimes, so, yeah, some type of organic. And then he was. Burn. I, I don't know. I don't know his backstory, but but we we can look that up. But I, I think that. Or we'll I probably thought you get would know. I it. thought you would know the backstory. And no, I've always I've always felt like him, and there's a guy in, I think it's episode two, whenever they're all sitting around the, the table with Tyrannus talking about being part of the Trade Federation, there's a guy named Wat Tambor who's got this, like, little voice box thing. I don't know if you remember that. Kind of. And he, and he, like, kind of tunes it in, and he says something, yeah. and it sounds very Darth Vader-ish. Oh. So I've always felt like Darth Vader was, like, this, like, amalgamation of all these different kind of... He used like, off-the-shelf technology. I mean, the Emperor's cheap. Well, he, he had Radio Shack at that time. Um, so he could go. So he he could go get a TS seventy three for seventy five cents out of the bin. I mean, if he if he needed one, but but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, I feel like like Vader is like this like next step in bringing somebody back from almost death. You know what I mean? Okay, I can accept that. And 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 but Grievous is there's very little of him left. Very very little. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It was, He's uh, mostly robot. Know, oh, Oh yeah, I, I, I'm venturing to say ninety percent, and I like the fact that they're just like, "Hey, we're building this guy back up. Let's put an extra set of arms on this guy. Yeah, Let's sure. Let him not? really go wild. Yeah, can hold extra plates and dishes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
You should see his back one. rubs. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, yeah, yeah, I got an extra set. We're good. We're good. All good. I can't oh, do a man. Grievous impression. I would so love to do a Grievous impression right now asking about a happy ending, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. Do you like scented oils? <laughs> do you like scented oils? You have to get the coughing. Have, you have to get the coughing involved. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to do scented oils if you don't want to. <laughs> That's so uh, awful. Moving on. Yeah, anyways. So, yeah, I, I don't Yeah, I, I don't know his backstory. It's, it's a great question. I, I don't want to look it up almost because I think that we'll probably learn about it. No, I can respect that. I can respect if a character is sort of introduced fully formed. And you know, mm-hmm. it's like with the Joker. You do not need to know his backstory. And it's Agreed. better if you don't. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, that's a great point. I like that. Like, you don't know. How, well, I, you can't. Joker's bad for the backstory because you kind of do know his story. If no, you don't. All right, so so from the cinematic universe, you know it pretty early on, in like Batman Two. What? And then for the the Joker, his backstory, the Dark Knight. You're talking about the Dark Knight, one of the greatest superhero um, movies ever made. He has multiple backstories. Yeah, he enjoys that's true. telling that's multiple true. Yeah, backstories that's true. because that's true. his origin yeah. doesn't matter. Right. Okay. No, I, I I'll take that back. Yeah. The original Batman from like '89. I'm actually mixing. I'm mixing. There's yeah. a there's a Batman comic. Called Killing Game, I think, and I think oh I'm the Killing Game, up. yeah, 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 Alan Moore. It was, whew. yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think I'm mixing stuff up. I haven't seen the new Joker movie again. I haven't seen the movie, so I, that may explore it more. I'm not sure. Is there any movie that you know you have seen? I've seen in um, the past five years. Let's narrow it down. Yes. How do you not see the new Joker? I just never. It's it's watch it's, it. it's good. It's a good movie. It's, I've it's always heard people watch. just say it's kind of it's kind of a it's kind of one of those. Oof, like okay. Oh, it's not a fun movie by any means. It's kind of a yeah. you you watch it and and you think I am a better person. I for have, having watched I it. have I don't want to say I have so little movie time because I probably have about you know two to three movies that I can watch a week just given spare time. But that one just doesn't like I'm I'm looking for something that's well I can't say that because I, I do enjoy some movies that are pretty dark but. I don't know. It's just not on my list. I mean, it's it's on my list somewhere, but it's on my list. We don't. You know it, what I mean? It was on my list, and I eventually and, and, got to it. Yeah. And you keep adding stuff to my list, like Men in Black Three. Sorry. Which, apparent, which I never ever would have expected would be added to my list. I am horrified with this statement. Yeah. So yeah. But anyways, well, I'll get to it. Joker will be gotten to at some point. Just not. It might be three. It might be three first, then Joker. Uh, I let don't care this. about the Joker. Let, Do the Joker. Let me you say. Want. Let me say this. We have probably got to finish this project out. We've probably got. 120 episodes of this bad boy coming out of this podcast. I will watch The Joker before the 120th episode. Okay. Write that down. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to take the notes right now. Uh-huh. Just like I took notes earlier. Yep. All, right, all, right. all right. Got it. All right. We're good. Okay. So let's talk, let's continue to talk about the malevolence. The second episode in the series is Shadow Malevolence. The Air Force group in the story is like Shadow Squadron. And I feel like I remember hearing that a couple of times before. So I think we're going to see more of them. This is the, the group that lost, you know, six, what, six of them. I think they lost like half of, so it's so, okay. So Anakin and them, Anakin decides that they know about the ship. Now they've rescued Plo. Plo has told them, this is like the ultimate BA ship. We've got to go destroy it. There, there's nothing we can do. We got to do this now, or we're all in trouble. Basically Anakin's like, okay, I'm going to take my best fighter pilots. Uh, they load up on Y wings, I think. And I, I want to say that there's like 12 of them when they start out. And Anakin's there, and Plo flies along also in just a Jedi starfighter. And they go through the Balmora run, which we got to talk about this in a little bit, too, because it's felt so Han Solo, or like the setup for Han Solo. I don't know. But basically, the Balmora run is this like kind of quick through like a, an orc cloud type situation where they get from point A to point B a lot quicker than going around it. 
And they also have the element of surprise when they come out on the other side. So the malevolence will hopefully be sitting there and then broadsided by their attack. And they want to take out the, the captain's chair or the top portion of this. Why do people keep building ships like that if they know that that's the first place people are going to attack? Yeah, the anyway, bridge should we'll, be we'll, we'll, like yeah, yeah, we'll, the center. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll talk about the bridge in a minute too. So, so they're going to attack the bridge. Basically, they fly through, they get through the Balmore run with some difficulties, but they, they ended up making it. And uh, they don't necessarily have the complete element of surprise against the Malevolence, but they do have an element of surprise. And uh, Anakin is diehard about taking out the bridge. In the They lose a lot of people. They, they, I want to say they lose almost half the guys that, that flew in there with them. And Anakin's still headstrong. Go for, the, go for the captain's bridge. Let's take this thing out. Let's take this thing out. And Ahsoka's kind of like, you know what? Maybe we should fire at the big laser thing and maybe disable it first. And then we can figure out, you know, what we want to do. And uh, again, though, Anakin takes her advice and does it. And it's a good moment. Day, I guess you yeah, it's, yeah a it's a good moment. moment. Because it it's a good we're moment. told so many times, I think mostly by Plo Koon, if you lose one one fighter, you can't succeed. And then they lose like one, two, three, four, five, six They're fighters. losing people before they... I think they lose somebody in the Balmora run, if I don't one. If I remember One. He's right. damaged. Yeah, he's damaged. Yeah, and, and so... And the, um, the blast takes out like half their squadron. Right. Once they catch up to the to the big ship. And so, yeah, it's a good moment where he's he's determined. I'm go, I you know I'm going to take out Grievous. I'm going to end this war right now. And she talks him out of it that that they could have made it, but no one else could have. And they would have right. all died. Yeah, and, and that's and that's and that's the great part about it too is that like I think he's recognizing the fact that he's way above these other pilots, and he he would probably make it out, but they would not. And I think that's good for him to key in on and just say, hey, I'm a general. I've got to take my my men. He can't. Me. Yeah, he can't fight the war himself. Exactly, exactly. And then, and also, too, to give her credit, though, uh, she was correct about Plo Koon. So I think that that plays into this, like like I mentioned earlier. I think that plays into where he's like, you know what? She was right earlier. She trusted the Force. Right. You know, I should trust her, and, and it works, you know. And they don't destroy the ship. So at the end of the episode, the ship is hobbling away, getting fired upon the whole time. Shields are going up. Shields are going down. They've done a lot of damage to it. The warp core is gone. Or, sorry, the warp drive. We're in Star Wars universe. The, uh, the warp, the warp, <laughs> the warp drive. drive is gone. Hyperdrive. Yeah, the hyper- hyperdrive is gone, and they can't fly away or anything, so they're kind of continuously being bombarded by the rest of the, the good fleet. And, you know, it, it's a neat episode to where the good guys have won toward the end of it, but if you quit watching there, you're, you're missing a lot. So it's one of those things that, like, they've got them on the run, but it's not a, a clear-cut choice. This episode technically won. This episode had a lot of callbacks. Uh, I enjoyed it for all of the callbacks. The the attack were they were they callbacks or call forwards? And this is something I want to. No, talk they're callbacks. Well, what do you mean call forward? Because in time, the timeline. I'm talking yes. about callbacks to to the Battle of Yavin to Star Wars. Okay. Okay. Because that's okay. how our brains work. We know that, that we saw that in the past, and so to us, they're callbacks. The, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So the attack on the Melvins, you have all this, this these uh, fighters, squadron of fighters, attacking this huge thing, right? And it, yep. they're vastly outnumbered. You have I love Y wings. I love Y wings so much. Yeah, Y wings are awesome. They really are. The bomber run, like that's my that's like my that's like the B fifty twos. Like it, it's just like these huge planes, or not huge planes, but they're they're not as nimble. You got to have a pilot. You got to have a really. I mean, if you go back to the, the newer episodes, the bombers are pretty cool too. But. Yeah, why the, y- the wings are, are just super yeah. cool. They they have the the pilot check in. You know, I can't remember what the squadron's called, but Shadow Squadron, Sat- Shadow Squadron one, Shadow one. Yeah, so two. you have the check in, the pilot check in. You have uh, one of them say, I think it's Anakin say, cut the chatter, right? Cut the chatter, Red Five, or that kind of thing. That you have one of the characters say, loosen up, just like in uh, yeah, Death Star. That's true. I didn't think about there that. A yeah, lot okay. of callbacks. So I I I. And it's a callback, technically. I don't know if you call it callback or call forward. The the Belmore run really seemed very similar to the Kessel run in Han Solo. Yeah, okay, that would be a call forward. And the only and the only reason I say that is the creatures kind of that they encounter. Mm. 
Like, it's not as the scariest creatures, but these just massive creatures that they're like, whoa, and they've got to, like, fly. It shows, like, this huge pan out, and they've got to, like, fly their little ship by it. You know what I mean? Like... There are significant differences, though, because the the thing here is kind of cool with them flying through the the wings and the the trailing arms of the beasts and all that kind of stuff. And the thing that happens in Solo is just stupid. Okay, we'll we'll talk about Solo when we get there. (laughs) But that being said, let let me say this. I feel like there's a a continuation of a pattern of massive creatures that we see. Massive creatures and clouds. Yeah, mass. Well, no, massive creatures in clouds. Massive, massive creatures that live or are caves. Mm. Massive creatures that live under underwater in in underwater in Naboo, and the the one the ones in the Naboo they stack. You know, there's like three, and then a bigger one, then a bigger one, then a bigger one. You know, so like I enjoy the. I'm a huge kaiju-ish kind of Godzilla thing. Hmm. You know, I I love that kind of stuff. So I thought these creatures and these creatures weren't. I mean, they were just dumb. Whale-like creatures. I'm not saying whales are dumb. Uh, you're saying yeah. these dumb whale-like creatures. They, they weren't out to destroy them, but they had to maneuver around them. Yeah, I felt like that that harkened back to the the Kessel Run and Solo a lot. Yeah, it wasn't really clear that they, they seemed harmless enough. They might hurt you by just not realizing Hitting they're you. there. Right. But the way the characters talked about them is like they're going to eat us. They're going to eat us. I never really had a clear take on. Are they malevolent? I yeah, I did not take it as as in the, there was an actual threat from the things other than just don't hit them. Just get out of the way. Yeah. Just get out of the way. Yeah, let them go by. Okay, fair enough. It was good though. I like the I like the Balmora run. I like talking about the Balmora. That was run. good. Uh, evacuating the hospital, seeing the what, what are they called? Geonosians. Geonosians. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that they would be in the medical field. Oh, you're no sorry, Caminoans. Kep, thank you. Yeah, yes, the totally here. the wrong planet. Yeah, Geonosians are the buggy guys. Right. The com- how do you say it? The Caminoans. But they're also they're also probably they also probably sold the extended warranty. Can't. So they're probably on call. <laughs> like, like they probably they probably call the Jedi Temple like six times a day, saying, "Hey, we can sell you an extended warranty." We have on your we have a recall notice on your yeah. Uh, can, can I just call them long necks? Is that fair to say? Yeah, a bunch of no, long necks. That's no. Nope. nope. Is that racist? Against uh, the fictional are... species. Genus ish. I, I I don't know what it is. Long uh, necks. Yeah. It, yeah, okay. Anyways, call them the long necks. Yeah, so the long the long necks, I'm sure they sold They're the probably proud warranty. of how long their necks are. <laughs> I'm sure it's a thing coming <laughs> to have the longest neck. Yep. Oh god. Did like we go the here? Tallest you're at. Yeah. All right, anyways. So the yeah, the comedians I I think it's perfectly natural for the comedians to run the it was it was some kind of weird the name of the, the oh I gotta look this up. The the name of the facility was something that I was just like I know I wanted to note it and I should have noted it when I saw it, but uh, hold on one second. It didn't spark anything with me. But now that you've pointed out that, oh, I, I got, I remember what it was. All right, hold on. It had the word shoals in it, and it immediately it? made me think of like muscle shoals, Kalita shoals. That was the name of the facility. I think that's what it was. Was Kalita shoals, and right. I was like, "What shoal is near this thing? This is thing out in space." The, the, right. the whale manta ray nebula thing next door. Oh, okay, okay. I might, I might give you that. That's actually. Like let's it's pretend that nothing's name. like an ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Name. Okay. Like in space, that's the equivalent of an ocean. So we'll call the thing right next to it a shoal. Um. All right. I'm. I'm. I'm on board with that. I. That. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think a single thing about that name. That is so strange. Thank you, English major. <laughs> well, now that you pointed out that the 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 the, the long necks created these guys, I can't think of it as a hospital anymore. Now it's now it's like a service center. Yeah, it's totally a service center. That's so. That's the, the, so yeah. cold. Yeah, it is. It totally is. But they care about them enough it's to get accurate. them off. So, I mean, it's accurate. Yeah, they care about their product enough to get them off. 
the ship. And it's cool seeing the Corvettes mm-hmm. like pull up in like the vertical position. Yes, I love that. Yeah, I was, did love that. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Really That was kind of cool. Seeing those guys pull up and then like they just kind of loaded and people. And then drop. Like, yeah. They kind of drop away. I love that. Yeah, they kind of drop off and then fly off. That was Yeah, that was actually really cool. And you know what? That, other than Jedi Starfighters, whenever they, uh, you know the little round thing that they yeah, do they in drop. hyperspace? Yep. They drop and then go out. But that's really the only other time I think that I can remember in Star Wars where you see something dislatch and like fall and then kick in. You know what I mean? Like usually it's like a I'm pulling out type situation. I, I still took it as a as a reverse thrust kind of thing. Why would they fall? It's space. They wouldn't fall. It, well, maybe just, there's something pushing them out. You don't know. The force is the force pushing them out. It's not the force, but yes, I agree. And, and maybe there's some guy. Of, maybe there's some guy with a super long neck. And that's his he's, job. He's just headbutting he, the ships backwards. He puts a helmet on, and, and and Bobby does his job. He just goes up and rams them and pushes them out, and then they kick in their. Does his name go. have to be Bobby? I mean, seriously, it does. It has to be Bobby. I love yeah, that name. Bobby. Okay. Likewise, with the Prometheus school of running away, the two ships that like <laughs> detach, they go off in the same direction, and so the thing yeah, is you able to spread sh- out. Yeah, I agree. One eighty, man. One eighty. I, I agree. Yes, and and the thing is, is at this point, well, they, you know, the Caminoans may not, the Longnecks may not know about Plo, but at least Plo has information to disseminate between people and be like, look, when that circle fires, you go one direction. Don't go yeah. towards. Don't 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 let it get behind. Maybe you. tell somebody about that. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe Plo's worried about his own thing, his own uh, ship at this point, because he's flying in the middle of the battle, too. So, yeah, a good, good episode. I, I thought it was good. I liked it. That was a, I that was a good expe- episode, yes. I, I expected more of, like, like I, I didn't understand what they were going to do with the third episode of this arc. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't get it, because I was like, this thing's been disabled pretty well. Yeah, but like, but then it becomes clear what they're going to do with it, right? How did it become clear? I missed that. It, during the episode, you, you could totally tell where it was going. They're, they're going to get away, first of all. They're, the ship is totally yeah. going to escape, and well, they're going to they're going to be on the run. I don't know if you'd say escape because they they can't. They get hyperdrive. They're, they're gone. They're and they get into. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So so assuming they get their hyperdrive back up, no one off. can track you through hyperspace, Eric. It's not a or technology that exists. Yeah. And then they take the hostage, and as soon as they take the hostage, we know exactly what's going to happen. Let's talk. Okay, episode episode four of season one is. Uh, Destroy Malevolence. It's the eighth episode that we watched, but season one, episode four, in the irregular release order. Yeah, let me give just a quick synopsis. The Malevolence is in disarray. Uh, their warp drives are down. Grievous is hunting, you know, things all through the ship, trying to get the thing back up, trying to get the warp drive going. So along comes a missive from, was it, I think it was from Palpatine himself, or maybe it was somebody else, asking Padme... If her and C-3PO, who are in transit, luckily, at the exact same time, can go and have a... A meeting or something. Yeah, a consultation, whatever yeah, you want to call it. Yeah, right? he totally she, set her up. He totally sets her up. And this isn't something we'll talk about at the end of the episode, because this is, like, so blatant to me. Basically sets her up, Grievous pulls her in, takes her hostage. You know, Grievous may not know how valuable she is to Anakin, but Palpatine sure does. You know, it's kind of like one of those things where I was like, okay, I, I get the episode, I understand where we're going with it and why it's going to be such a, you know, a dramatic episode. But I felt like the whole thing with her getting captured was way too easy. You know what I mean? Like, yep. she's, she's supposed to be the senator that knows things. She's got Orkana on her side. She's got all these people that are backing her up. She's smart. She's brilliant. You know, it's like, it's like, do you just take a message from, you know, him and go do it? You know, no, like I mean, immediately. And was the, the chancellor. I mean, you know, come on. I don't know. I I felt like this was like too, and I felt like this is going to be one of those things where it's going to be like, like what's a good what's a good analogy? This this thing's one of those. It's going to be like after this is done, 
they have to go back and figure out what what happened. You know what I mean? Like, there's no. no there's way actually you can't. I, I can't remember what it is, but there is a throwaway line in there that tells you that's them telling you they will hold the chancellor blameless. And I, I don't know the line, but it's there. Oh, I hate to miss that. I yep, would have wrote totally that down. there totally saying, he must not have known or something. It's, it's one of those. Oh, okay. okay. They, so they, they give yep, him, they they give him a little bit of wayward. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because this is when I was just kind of like, she just happens to be at the right place at the right time. She happens to be that close to get over there. Because you got to remember, they went through the whole Belmore cloud to get over to this place. So it's not like it's super quick, you know, to jump over here. And she just happens to show up, and I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, sorry, I shouldn't say just happens to show up. She showed up because Palpatine asked her to. Yep. But she just happens to be in the area. Was she, you know, a pawn that was already being moved toward that just in case something happened? She does just happen to stop or drop out of hyperspace right in front of this massive yeah, ship. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just, it, it felt, it felt, that was the only part of this arc that I really felt super forced. Yeah. And yeah. and honestly, it felt like, how on earth do you guys not know that Palpatine is who he is at this point? Yeah, they, they hand wave it away. But she has to get onto the ship. So that uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan have a reason to get on the ship. And we have, and I don't know what that trope is called, but where you're you're infiltrating the, the enemy base, you know, you're running around the enemy base a little too easily because you're awesome. And then you fight your way yeah. out. I don't know what that yeah. trope's called, but but that's what this episode is. Yeah, I agree with that. It's it's that kind of pattern or archetype of just like of with the, show. the Death Star running around the Death Star, and you, and you yeah, get away. yeah, and you gotta get off. Yeah, yeah, that's a good quote. I don't know what you would call that, but that's pretty good. Anyways, when she's on the ship, okay, so so the Malevolence is this massive ship, and I thought a really cool thing that they did with the was the trains going back and forth. It felt very much yep. like the factory from Episode Two. You know what I mean? Where it's just like uh, this massive structure. Yeah, a little bit of the factory from Episode Two, but in a way that wasn't stupid. Okay, fair enough. I, I agree with that. This way better. They're not dodging pots and getting their arms no, this was, stuck in this metal is and much, stuff like this. This is more of a, this, a video game, really. Yeah, super quick. Yeah, like very, the trains fly by. You know, the Jedi can jump between them pretty quick, but Padme jumping between them would be kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a good... Well, he has to catch ba- her. Balancing she, act. It, that was actually a, a really neat moment when he says, jump, and I'm going to use the force to bring you over. And she jumps, and she jumps like five feet. I mean, she, she would be dead. But he gra- yeah, force totally. grabs her and brings her over. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. There's a there's a there's a big d- division in this uh, context of what a human can do versus what a Jedi can do, and they set that up pretty well. The amount of trust that she displayed in that moment is just superhuman, right? Wait, wait, they're married. They're married at this. Point. I mean, if you asked me to jump and you say you're going to catch me, I don't buy it. Oh, actually, I don't believe actually, it for a second. Married. Well, yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm going to say, yeah, John, jump, go for it, man. Let's do. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> and as I'm running like, oh, to my man. death, saying, Fuck. "Oh man, yeah, sorry, like, John. stupid idiots! What do you think? I thought you could make it. I'm sorry. I thought you were coming. Sorry, dude. Oh, all right. Keep going. Find the next train. I love that you overestimate uh, my abilities. Overestimate. All right. So, all right. So let's let's talk more about this episode. Of course, Padme and C3PO. Oh, C3PO. We didn't even mention that, did we? Do we have to? Is C3PO? Yeah, we have to. Yeah, yeah we, we have to. He's, is yeah, that is this what's his face? Anthony Daniels. I don't know. That's a great Sounds question. Sounds exactly like him. If it's not... Man, I wish I had a computer to look it, it up. I bet it is. You know, let me think about it, John. You are correct. You are correct. It is actually Anthony Daniels. Daniel it Peter sounds Peter. exactly like him. I mean, that that's... Yeah, it, 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 it really is. That's that's amazing that you called that out because I did not notice that, actually. Really? You thought everybody in here was an imposter? No, I didn't think everybody was an imposter because... Well, I, let me take that back. Whenever we reviewed the Clone Wars movie, they definitely paid for Samuel Jackson. They paid some big-name people. But I think that there are people that, that know the voices at this point so well that you could hire somebody that is not the original actor and get away with it. And people like me who don't notice stuff like this 
would probably be like, hey, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. But you, you, John, you may not be able to jump between trains, but you can spot an Anthony Daniels when you need to. Absolutely. And you did. You actually did. Like, like uh, through the magic of a podcast where we hit pause and then hit play again. But we <laughs> were able to make sure that that actually was Anthony Daniels. And it was. That's, that's pretty good. And, and I'm interested to know now, and I don't have this on my screen, but if he's uh, the voice of C3O, C-3PO for the whole series. That'd be kind of cool. I didn't... I assumed so because I just assumed that, you know, hey, work is good. Money's good. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Why not? Uh, so C-3PO's with him. They're going back and forth. And actually, there's there's a lot more to this episode I'm glossing over is that they work together as a pretty good pair. Like, you can definitely tell that, like, that they trust each other enough to know. And, and this is the weird part for me is that Anakin trusts her enough to, to know that she can go do whatever she needs to, that he doesn't have to be by her side. Because they split up at one point. And they go, and I forget what the exact jobs are. Anakin rewires the, I think it's the the navigation computer so that it flies into the moon. But once they get the warp drive up. But they have to split up for a second, and she's grabbing bodies out of hallways and all sorts of stuff. And it really shows a side of Padme that, you know, up until now, I guess you had with episode one where you had, you know, her coming back into the castle and everything and taking that back over. But she's with a lot of people. We read Queen's Shadow, or was it Queen's Peril? I forget which one it was. Maybe it was Queen's Peril, I think, was the first one. And uh, in that book, she's not only like this you know, political mastermind, but she also does uh, have some subterfuge and some other stuff that they do where they pull off tricks with you know the different people with her and her cohort. And... Yeah, but that's all clothing-based. Well, it wasn't all clothing-based. I mean, there was some stuff that she was like, you know, she was like, not firefight type stuff, but she was, she was, she was pulling some pretty good, pulled, pulled some pretty good rank in there. Now, she can definitely handle herself in a firefight. In this episode, I guess I, clearly. I guess what I'm saying is, is Anakin, yeah, she, she can handle herself in a firefight. I, I don't disagree with that. We saw that even in episode one. But what I'm saying is, they're on this ship that could blast away at any moment, you know, once they get the warp drive back up. And Anakin's like, yeah, you go do that, I'll go do this. Like, it, it was just a weird thing for me, because I, was, I, oh, I totally would have figured he'd be like, nonchalant. I'm going with you, and yeah. I'm going to protect you. We'll right. go both do each of these things. But Anakin, you know, he knows her power. I mean, again, he's just kind of like, yeah. Again, the, the, the arrogance of the Jedi. Yeah. No, come on. They don't come across in this episode. I'm I'm half joking. They don't come across in this episode, I think, at any point, like concerned or worried. It's just uh, like when C-3PO gets slammed by a train and goes, you know, half a mile away. He, <laughs> yeah, he says, yeah, I'll go get him. We'll get him back. Yeah. We'll get him back. There, there's no, we'll collect him. So when, when they're showing no concern, I, I'm not going to be concerned, right? Okay. Yeah. I know you can go get him. And hey, look, you did. Good for you. So, so I, I think it's interesting that he he does not feel that he needs to guard her in any way, which is good. Yes, and that they both go do their jobs and then meet back, and C three PO just happens to be there. I forget how it happens. Like the the door opens and they just kind of see him. Yeah, something like that. And, it, it yeah, and they're like, "Come on, let's go, let's get out of here." And then you know you get his piloting skills as they get away from it and everything. And then I mean, it was it was it was probably my least favorite story portion mm-hmm. out of the arc. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that. Although I love a, it, a good... it feels like there's a there's a lot of the the, the audience giving a lot in this episode. You yeah, know what I mean, like, and they may, maybe have to just because it's the end thing, and they only got thirty minutes to wrap it all up. But... You, you got to wrap it up. I enjoy a good you know romp around the Death Star, if you will. I don't know because we don't know what the trope is called, but I also appreciated that they had kind of a a good reason for Grievous to leave the ship, right? Because the ship is doomed. The ship is going to engage. Yeah, and, the ship's going and down. Ram into the moon. And yep. he can't die, so there, there's a good you know reason there. It, it made sense what happened. I like that. So this sounds bad, and I only watched this like two weeks ago. But what was the ending? Like, what? what why did he leave? Uh, he was Tyrannus he was hunting. Down, no, he was hunting down Anakin and Padme, 
and everyone leaving the ship. He's like, I'm going to I'm going to chase them down and either kill them or recapture them. OK, yeah, I remember it was like a solar sailor looking ship, but he like kind of. And then, and then the ship and... says, uh, you know, we're we're repaired, sir. We're ready to go. And he says, go, go, get, get out of here. Get back to. Um, oh, that's uh, right. Count that's Doku. Flies the... that's yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. So All right. no, no, I remember now. It, it, it was fine. It made sense. It was it was in the same sense of uh, Darth Vader leaving the Death Star. Right. Let's go take out these these breakaway fighters. Rebels. Yeah. Yep. And he ends up so he ends up off the Death Star when it blows up. It made sense. It, it was organic. It was not contrived. It didn't come across as contrived. It's contrived as hell, but it didn't come across as contrived. It was good. Yeah, the reasoning was there. I agree with that. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about that. That's a good point. I also love that Grievous, I think when he jumped on the train at one point, he says the hello there, right? He, he gets to say the hello there thing. Hello there. That Obi-Wan. Oh, I didn't catch that. You didn't catch that hello there? Part. No, oh, I didn't catch right that. There. It's right there. Oh, man. I missed that totally. Like, I totally missed that. Now you got to watch it again. So, so it's when he's talking to Obi-Wan specifically? Like, on the train. You know, they fight on the train. Yeah, yeah. And I also loved that in that fight, Grievous only had two lightsabers. And later, right, in episode three, we're going to see him with four lightsabers. Four. Yeah. Right. So he's upgrading. But, and that's the same moment. That's the hello there in that, that film. So yeah, really well, he, nice. He could have really a, nice, he could uh, have a radio shack also. I mean, he, we don't know. He could be yeah. It's always upgrading, man. Always upgrading. It would be funny if he was like eBay and them all. Like he didn't really earn them, and people kind of give him crap about it. They're like, okay, you got four, but did, where did you get that one? I I recognize that one. That one's Gary's. <laughs> I know what happened to Gary. He fell. You you can't take that. Where did you get that? It's like Super Bowl rings almost. Like people <laughs> people win and then they get in the down and outs and they have to sell their lightsaber. That's. All right, that's it. That's dark. I love no, I love that. That's just a little stub of a concept right there. We need to put that in a box. There's got to be. There's got to be people. I mean, there's got to be Jedi that built their own lightsaber that They're falling hard times. Passed, passed. Yeah, well, or passed away some other place, and somebody has acquired it. And are there? Are they? Are they? Are they signed? Are they? You know, hand signed? Like, are are they limited edition? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, can, can you imagine huh. what like, the famous like a famous the, Jedi? You know. And then let's go a step further. Are there people like CGC or like baseball uh, trading card companies that grade cards that grade the lightsabers so you can resell them? There would have to be. I, I think you and I just now have created an Started entire a industry. <laughs> not, not a business because lightsabers, lightsabers aren't real. I hate to break that to you. But there, there's an entire industry. I don't know, man. I've seen some videos on YouTube. Star- like, Whoa. <laughs> right, good. In, Star- in the Star yeah. Wars universe that we have just realize we didn't create it we didn't invent it we've realized that it has to be in place it has so to when exist. you when you when you buy graded baseball cards they put them in those little plastic cases or oh yeah buy, yeah these uh, are in these are in comics. total boxes yeah, yeah but they, they keep boxes. busting up because somebody hits the button and it just Ooh. blasts the top of the box out and it cuts away all like the rating and all that kind of stuff it's gotta it's really gotta it's this. gotta have an ignition shield over the <laughs> agreed yeah or maybe we just remove the crystals all the crystals separate. We'll, we'll figure it out the we'll figure all that display- out the crystal is displayed next to it in the acrylic case okay so you don't have to worry you about you want to see the great. crystal the crystal is the value or of better the better yet what you can do is you know how like when you buy like something new in electronic and they have the battery already in the case but they put that little slip of plastic yeah, yeah, it yeah, sticks yeah, out. yeah. You yeah. got to pull the so for the battery won't contact unless you actually pull the plastic. That's what we'll do with lightsabers. That, and that, we'll that, open that, it up that a works. Bit. That's fine. Yeah. But I'm telling you, now that you pointed out, it is a crystal. It is an actual crystal, and you want that bad boy separated out, displayed to the left or to the right. I'm actually it's on my right in the acrylic okay. case, so that you can have the light hit that crystal and show you how beautiful it is. All right, fair enough. Yeah, that's pretty good. We're gonna be rich, John. We're gonna be rich. <laughs> Richer than astronauts.
All right, so the final the final segment that we usually like to do, give me a quick rundown on what you're watching, reading. You know, okay, so two quick things. I had a sudden hankering to uh, watch Chernobyl again, and I don't know why, but I, I do love that that little miniseries. And then it comes to find out that I, I was watching it on the anniversary. So that was neat. Are you serious? Yeah, it just, you know, just passed. Did you watch all, like, what is it, like five episodes? It's five episodes, yeah. But I watched the watch one, like, one and a half episodes the night of that it, that it happened. And I don't remember the date, so don't ask me. But it was just, like, so a couple think, days ago. So do you think it was, like, a subconscious thing that you, like, maybe saw or heard something about it? And maybe, like, maybe. Hey, no idea. But that was neat. Like I said, I always love that. So just that aside. The thing that I watched that I, I thought was really cool, and I'm sure a lot of people have too, is the Godzilla versus King Kong, right? So good. So good. So good. It's like it's like the best popcorn movie I've seen since War of the Worlds. Like it is just so it's it it's so it, it there's a fine line where like you have the campiness, but you use it in a really good way. I love that. I love if it. If it had been campy, I would have I would have not enjoyed it. It was well, so, just so, enough. So, yes. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I agree with you. Yeah. It had like, a like balance. The, the two guys battling it out, punching it out, those things are I mean, they're punch they're literally brawling. These huge things, and that's 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 like just enough campiness to where you're like, this is good, this is cool, yeah. and then you're like, it's not overdone. You know what I mean? And it's like, I, I, I love that in the movie, and I felt like War of the Worlds was dogged. It was a, a lot of people didn't like that film, but that was that was just as good. Like the ending was a little short, but but other than that, though, I really enjoyed it. And I felt like this was just like that. Like I, I like I said, I love kaiju movies to begin with, but this one was really, really well done in my opinion. I thought it was really well done. I really made a point not to read a single thing about it leading up to it. Yeah, I didn't nice. want to know anything, and so spoilers here, people. Total spoilers. Okay. Oh wait, wait. So, you're gonna spoil the movie? Yeah, totally. You've seen the movie. Okay, what okay. Do you care? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pa- pause it now. We'll go thirty seconds ahead. Go ahead. Sure. So, so the the whole thing about Mecha Godzilla. Oh, okay, okay. That's not really too much of a spoiler. Well, it yeah. was for me because I had no expectations, no understanding, oh, no knowledge okay, of the I movie. It. I get it now. I On get purpose. It, I get it. And so when it was, when it was, that's Mechagodzilla. I mean, that was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, I loved and then how they, and Mechagodzilla takes out the, the bad guy, you know, just swipes not just his Mecha, Not just Mechagodzilla. The brilliance of that was yes. that it was Ghidorah's head. Yes. That's the, that's the best part. Yes. That's like the... That's where you're just like, oh my god, that is that is brilliant. Like, it makes no sense kiss. at all, but it's brilliant. No, chef's kiss. We have this like networked computer yeah. going into one of the heads, and because they had to psychologically talk to each other, because their necks are so long, we're gonna put the other head over there. It, it was so it was fantastic. Great. It was great. Yeah, it was great. I just spoiled the movie for everybody. So sorry. Yeah, but that, it was it's so good, so good, such a good movie. I I, t- I totally agree with you on that. That was oh man, it was so good. It's definitely one so of those. That, turn your brain off. Enjoy the popcorn. Yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, and we're not going to insult you. You know, we're not going to be overly campy. Yeah. We're not going to uh, treat you like an idiot. It's just good action. I loved it. So here, here, here's the deal, though. That whole the whole kaiju universe at this point, though, has so many good actors and actresses too. Like it's not like you're watching like B-rate people, right? Do this. Like it, it, it's good actors, and, and and they're and they're they're all in. So so you get good. You get good. You know. You get good context to the movie's story too. I mean, so it's so. And the reason I'm saying this is, I also I watch Mortal Kombat this weekend. And uh, I would say speaking of a contrast, really there, well, it wasn't because I was like, if you did Mortal Kombat really well, I think you could have a little bit of a following. And when I saw that first scene that they put out, like on Reddit or somewhere, yep. like it was like a, I was like, this movie is gonna blow my mind. Yep. 
I was like, this looks really... I'm sold. I'm sold. Let me watch it. Really, yeah, I, I'm sold. And that's the whole reason I watched it. And then, like, after that scene, there is nothing on that movie. No, they, they like, put everything into the first scene, and then they had nothing left. Because you had good actors in that first... Or, you had like, you had really good... You had good everything. Story, good, actors. good story, yeah, good, good uh, cinematic... What do you call it? Cinematics. Filming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, every 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 bit about that scene was great. Yep. And then the rest of the movie was just like, oh, my gosh. This is like, one step above, like, like made for TV. It is... yeah. Agreed. Even yeah. those, like, a lot of the production values were pretty darn high. There were moments that came across like that's that's not. Yeah, and, and, and don't get me wrong; it's really hard to do the special effects and stuff for the the hyperviolent stuff, and I get all that. And, and that's that's not the parts that were bad. I'm not talking about that. No, the, no, I'm. It's, it was the dialogue. It's, it's, it's it was the, the general the story. Feel. Yeah, yeah. Parts that don't make sense. Yeah. Parts that just kind of fast forward for you know because they got a thing they got to get to and they don't care. It's just it came yeah. across like a, like a made for TV. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I was kind of disappointed in it, but yep. after seeing that first scene, I was so pumped, and I was like, "Oh, all right, let down." That's all that I've really been watching. Now that I think about it, you apparently you're a very busy guy. You had time for one movie, two two movies, yeah, Godzilla two movies. and Mortal Kombat. No I time at all Raya. for Raya. Was good. Raya was good. Who? It was worth the thirty bucks. What was? Oh, the Raya the drag, dragon. Uh, the Disney dragon movie Raya. Thing, yeah. The which was something dragon. I forget what it was. The last dragon. Uh, that was that. The Last Dragon, yeah. That was really good. I, I thought that was pretty good. It was very well done. And I don't remember. I think that's Pixar. If it's not Pixar, it's Disney Animation. But, I, but, I think it's you know, Disney but, Animation. Yeah, people, people, you know, both those two groups of people do amazing work. And it was just, I mean, you know, the water in that movie is just insane. Like, you look at it and you're just like, this is like a spot above Sea of Thieves level. If you played Sea of Thieves, like the water in that game is just amazing. That is why is, I watch pretty much any any movies or TV is to see, you know, how good is the water? Yeah, no, that's 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 story. my main. I don't that's my main criteria. I want to be known as oh, like, water. yeah, I, I want to be known as like the critic that just looks at water. Just like water that is effects. all he does. Yeah, that's your yeah. Rating. I mean, like, yeah, like so. I'll go back and watch uh, what was the Daryl Hannah's uh, mermaid Splash. movie Splash. Yeah, I would go back and Splash and be like, you know, B plus. Well, no, that was B-. real water, so I'm gonna have to go with an A on that one. Yeah, but the filming of it was just not great. Oh, Hanks. okay. Like okay, he didn't, okay, he didn't, okay. he didn't act like he felt the water. It I was more like a, I'm just acting alongside the water. I don't you know get what the water's so, uh, sense of motivation. I, what does <laughs> yeah. the water want? Think, oh, the the pool scene in Cocoon. Like I'd probably be like, mm, I'll give it maybe a B minus. Like it was just like the lighting was weird, the little pod things that, that they crack glow, out of, yeah, or, glowy things. Yeah, what, yeah, that yeah. But yeah, but then you go to the pool scene in Gremlins where you're like, oh, look at these bubbles. This is amazing. It's like Christmas lights in here. This is it's all going to come come down to bubbles, a+. With you, isn't it? Yeah, anything yeah. with bubbles, yeah, it automatic it A. That's that's I can't. I'm trying to think back <laughs> of what I've been watching lately. I really can't think of anything else. I've been reading a bunch, but not I haven't watched anything. So, what was that movie? I'm drawing a blank. Sense of Water, something. Won an Oscar. Oh, oh, uh, oh no, Shape no, of Water. Uh, no, no I, uh, Shape of Water. Yeah, yeah Shape of you Water. You freaking loved that movie, didn't you? I haven't seen it. <laughs> of course. Why am I, I expecting the other answer from you at this point? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen that movie. And also, too, I was thinking of the uh, the M Night Shyamalan. Oh, the, the Lady the in the Lake or something. La- lady, lady in the, in the Pond. The Pool. Yeah, the, Lady in the Pond. Whatever. Whatever it was. was. I watched that and I was really sorry I did. That was his downfall, in my opinion. <laughs> I like M Night Shyamalan a lot. I thought that he makes good movies, but. That one was the one where you're just kind of like, wait, what are we doing here? I'm not sure about this. I I could actually like that movie more than The Happening. That That's what really broke it for me. Which one was The Happening? Uh, the trees make people kill each other. Or kill, oh, kill themselves. Oh, yes. Rather. That was bad, too. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that, that was, was really bad. bad. That was so bad. Was that him? Yes, that was him. The the Yes. Oh, my God. With Wahlberg. Don't know anybody else in the movie. But, yeah, the, the, the plants... Evolve a defense to make you kill yeah. yourself. 
Yeah, yeah, that was, that was so bad. Rough. And then the one with the the one with the 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 I think it's called the Village. That one was that one was underrated. I think I, think that I actually that's a bit of a guilty pleasure for me. I enjoyed that yeah, movie that was good. more than I'm pretty sure anybody else did. I I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was neat, even though yeah, it was good. a whole lot so of that's, hand that's waving. The, that's the thing about that dude's movies is you've got to expect the twist. So the whole yeah, time it's you're all about the, the whole time. What is the twist? And he and that one was pretty. That was pretty surprising. Breakable was great. Unbreakable. Um, sorry, unbreakable. What did you see he? the rest of the trilogy? Now that we're on this, no, I have not. What What do you do with your life, Eric? <laughs> I don't, do you have I, 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 I don't. I, I I watch movies, but the terrible thing is, is I usually end up watching the same movies I've seen before. I can respect that, honestly. I can respect that. Okay, so yeah, Unbreakable. I, I know. I'm, I, I know. I'm going to enjoy it, and I've gotten to where, like, especially during the pandemic, like, I went back and watched all the James Bonds, which is a complete story in and of itself. <laughs> watching those early James Bond movies, and then yeah, like Star Trek and all this stuff. Like, I just go back and kind of watch the movies I know I'm going to like. I don't know. I, I need. I need to branch out more. I agree. There's a lot more critical stuff that I need to to watch, but well, just, usually comedies I watch any comedy. Just so but. you know, Unbreakable, we all know that one. Okay, then there was yep. Split. Do you know Split? Yes, I did watch that one. That you, was good. Well, okay, so you have seen this? Okay, so well, no, no, I haven't seen the third one. The um, uh, what were they all together? Oh, shoot, what was the third one? Glass. Yeah, I have not seen that. That, uh, you know what? I'm not going to say a word. Okay, don't. So is, is this one that I should add before or after the, Men in Black? Men in Black three, number one, right now. Okay. Okay. What time is it? Go watch I'm it. Go watch it tonight. Still amazed at how much you like this movie. Like I'm, I'm like it, befuddled almost. When you like, I don't see when it. you see the whole movie, I think you'll get it. Okay, John. It, this is this is the, it que- this is the question. A treasured spot in your. This heart. is the question of this podcast, and this is going to define the rest of this podcast in your grading scale. What do you put Men in Black Three at one to a hundred? Ooh. Okay. So I think it's fair to say that uh, what are the others at first? So the original Men in Black was way up there. I, I have trouble saying more than a 90. So I'll say a 90. Okay, you are a closet Men in Black fan. You, like, you love that was a, this trilogy. That was a great movie. That was a really It good was good, movie. but was it a 90? The whole, the whole atmosphere, the whole culture that they really... I mean, what, what's the guy's name? Barry Sonnenfeld that, that made it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So much talent. I mean, come on. Men in Black Two, it's, it was good. It was Men in Black Two, but it wasn't. Uh, it was a comic book before all this, right? Yes, that's that's, and it, it kind of encapsulates that feel. That's yeah, one of the reasons yeah. I love it so much. So Men in Black Two drops a, a notch. Very rewatchable. I can watch Men in Black Two all day long. So maybe like eighty eight, eighty nine, and then Men in Black Three. Okay, fine, eighty eight. No, no, Christ. keep going, keep going. And Men in Black Three, definitely well into the low nineties. I'm going to say a ninety three, ninety three. 93 it, it is by then you know the characters you really you really feel them you 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 care for them and it's so good it really okay, is okay okay where, where do you put inception at huh okay inception different different inception. genre v- yeah saying, that's like, a bit same, of a jar same, same, jar, same media jarring, uh, same media format uh, inception inception is probably my favorite movie of the past 20 years so that's what I'm trying I to figure out. I wish you had word. not told me that. Why would you no, tell no, me that? No, you, no, no, no. This is your scale, not mine. You just so influenced, for me, you just influenced for me, my scale. For me, Inception. I feel bad. No, Inception is like, is, good. It's like, like a 94, 95. Mm. You're putting Men in Black right under that. Inception is, is, 
I wish you had not told me that. I really, I'm, I'm being genuine, uh, serious. I was going to say right around a 92 to a 93, maybe. Okay, okay. So, so it's just, it's just, it's not. It's, it's not so good. Skill that's wrong. It's, it's actually so good. Three, in your opinion, I'm in of like three. That's wrong. Okay, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm able to navigate. Okay, our scales are, are, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts. Our scales are similar. Hmm. You know, like a couple point swings either way, but, but they're similar. But you really, really, really like Men of Black Three. I am like it is. I mean, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, like this is like th- this is, is like a, like a secret that I don't think people, other people know about or have. Like, this I didn't like, think like, that they, maybe this is me. I didn't think this was a controversial opinion. I, it's a great movie, and it's no, so no. I, I can't I can't say it's, it's controversial so until I've watched it. It's such yeah, a fun I can't movie. Say it's controversial until I've watched it. All and, and see, I'm, I'm purposely not telling you certain things about this, of course. Yeah, don't don't yeah don't. Please, please, <laughs> but it's I, so honestly, fun. I honestly feel like I have to watch it this week now. It's so fun. Like I like. Like, but of course, I have to. I have to. I think I need to rewatch. I think I watched Men of Black you 2, don't. but I need to rewatch. You don't. Just you don't need to watch a damn thing. Just watch MLB three. Okay, you'll pick it up right away. Is is so good. But I was going to say, okay, so just as a calibration. Wait, wait, wait. I got one more. I got one more oh, for okay. you. I got to okay. know this. Okay. And I got to know if there's a, like a TLJ influence here. What did you think of the Fugitive, the second Fugitive, the older one? This are you talking about the Harrison Ford one? Yes, there was a, there was an, one in the sixties too. I think. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. I wasn't alive then. The, the Harrison Ford one, loved it when it came out. I've watched movies since before they, they were out. Apparently before you have all born. the time in the world to watch something 50, from 50 years ago, James Bond and The Fugitive from whenever that was, but no time at all to watch movies that made in the past two decades. So Alfred the, Hitchcock, come on, man. The, all right, yeah, anyways, go ahead. The Fugitive, when it came out, was fantastic. And do you know, you're going to make me say this, do you, do you know, oh God, I'm blanking on his name. Is it John Mulvaney, the, the stand-up comic? John Mulvaney! Yeah, yeah. You, okay. When he does, Anyways. when he does the 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 scene, the ballroom scene, in his stand up routine, it is so. I have not seen this. Oh my god, we got to put that in the show notes. It is so spot on. The, do you know what I'm talking about? When when um, Harris Ford breaks into the ballroom scene where the yeah. big bad guy is getting his award, I've never seen him do it though. I've never seen him. It do is this. so fantastic. It is so okay, incredible. I gotta, see, I gotta see this now. You know, you you I... you change the numbers for classic. You switch the samples. And you doctored your research so that you could have Provasic. It is so <laughs> good. It is. It just makes me just want to eat it up. It's so good. This is the one note that I am actually writing down. Is that I need, that <laughs> is not that I need to watch it like. Uh, and I don't remember but, which which of his standups it is. I want to say it's the one with a really colorful background, but I'm not sure on that one. Well, that narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> there's like there's like you're making me watch like 30 minutes of each one is that colorful john you, if you I google if you john google that, if you google it is mulvaney right john mulvaney, mulvaney. Yeah, john, mulvaney. Yeah. mulvaney. john mulvaney mulvaney and provasic you will it, there'll be somebody put a youtube clip on of you know yeah, five I'll minutes I, I will find it it's so freaking good why the fugitive though where did that come from tommy lee jones that's why I said, is this a TLJ thing? Like, do you okay, get secretly harbor fine. a lot of Jones? The, let's turn these tables. So, what's your okay. score on U.S. Marshals? I haven't seen it. Oh my God! <laughs> I haven't seen it. The, the entire movie based on his one line of, I want you to put outhouse, doghouse, fieldhouse. Yeah, outback. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they, they took a whole, they made a whole movie out of that because that I one did not line. know that that's where that movie came from. I well, really I'm, I'm joking, but that, that, that character is that line and they, they made a movie about the character. So the movie came from that one line. That's pretty awesome. Actually. It's not a bad movie. I might, I might, I might have to watch that also. It's all right. I'll add that to my Dear list. Dear God, watch MIB three first, please. Like you, I have no, I have no free time now. Like I'm like the next week is going to be me watching 
Men in Black. All <laughs> other, Tommy, other Tommy Lee Jones errata. You apparently have about 30 years of movies to catch up on. Yes, but uh, Alfred Hitchcock, like you've watched movies made before you were born, haven't you? Please tell me you have. Sure. It, w- when I was, uh, uh, you know, like 20-something. Okay. To okay, so you went back and watched Become it. well-rounded right. as, an, as an adult. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So thanks for joining us on podcast number 19. We'll be continuing on with the Clone Wars series for the foreseeable future. We have a couple of different comic books in there. But the next three episodes that we're going to watch are season one, episodes five, six, and seven. Based on their names, I don't think that they're necessarily an arc. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. If we start to get into these guys and can't guess which arcs are based on the names, what the arcs are based on the name, then we may have to do a little bit more reference just to make sure we're kind of keeping a whole arc within one episode. John, thanks for joining me. Thank you very much. And we will see you next time. This is the 11 Parsecs Podcast, Episode 19. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a good review. And be sure to check us out at 11parsecs.com and Discord. I'm Jonathan Smith with that paragon of male violence, Eric Thompson. Thank you for joining us. Classic.